it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. So what is 93? The day, I know what it is, a number, and the number is scary because I read the first thing in the morning before I have coffee, I read the obits. So if I'm not in it, I'll have breakfast. <music> Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show, and hope you've had breakfast. <laughs> I'm Tom Sumner, along with my, <laughs> my co-host, Andrea Sutton. Oh, just coffee. Just coffee. <laughs> Word, words from Carl Reiner opening up. Uh, what, a, what a guilty pleasure that was yesterday to just reminisce about Carl Reiner and his impact on comedy over the last 50 years. and um, just sort Oh, of, yeah. Just, just sort of... Uh, take note of the fact that we lost one of the good ones uh, last Monday at age 98. But we've got a great show today. I, I, this really feels like the kickoff to a holiday weekend, and that's unusual okay. during during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, no fake. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why, but, but this feels more like a holiday weekend than like Memorial Day did. Okay, I, it, yeah. I, I, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it really does. Um, oh yeah, even, I'm even, feeling it. Even though I'm not going to go anywhere, I'm not going to do anything. It just it feels <laughs> more like a holiday weekend. Um, I, I think it's partly because I, I feel like I have the option to go do things, but but even some things that were planned have uh, canceled. Frankenmuth was going to have fireworks tonight, and uh, the attorney general's office said, "No, nah, I don't think so." And, yeah. Um, so they've uh, they've backed down from from that. So if you were thinking about trying to, they, they thought they could do it um, and practice social by distancing. closing off a park. Yeah. Well, what I think they, they were just closing off the park and lighting them higher or something like that. Yeah, and and they weren't gonna they weren't gonna let people gather anywhere to watch them. So you could just you could watch them from different parts of town, just all spread out. And and they mm-hmm. they thought they could do it safely, and they were going to press on with it. But um, the attorney general uh, 
office encouraged him not to. And probably not a bad idea, because you know what might have happened? COVID. Be- beca- well, yeah, of course. <laughs> we're, we're canceling everything, because COVID. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the new go-to for every excuse. Um, that's right. No, sorry, I can't. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that, because COVID. Um, COVID. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> oh no, it's COVID. <laughs> oh, we're just having too much fun. I know, but but it's a it's a holiday weekend. It's Friday, and I think part of my excitement is because we're bringing music back to the Friday edition of the Tom Sumner program coming up in the third oh, half of our yeah. three hour tour. I'm going to be talking with Kevin B. Klein, and um, and it's it's actually kind of thematic because I I saw on Facebook here uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Kevin uh, did a performance of one of his songs in front of the White House. Oh, now, yeah. This, yeah now, apparently, right. this was like a year ago, but he reposted it, um, I, I think. But but I'm going to ask him about the, what was that all about, you know? Um, <laughs> why, you know, was, was he busking, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> sitting out there with a you know tip jar or his guitar case open or something <laughs> hoping, <Yep. laughs> hoping to pick up a few uh presidential doubloons or something anyway um but he we're going to play some of his music it's going to be different than what we used to do when we had uh live yeah. music in the in the studio and guests in the studio. I'm going to be talking with Kevin by phone, and we're going to play recorded music, but we'll do it very much the same way we used to do it when we had live music, but we're going to go back to musical guests on Fridays, and I'm I'm really excited about that because, as, as you well know, I have been a strong advocate uh, for local musicians and performance mm-hmm. venues and supporting live music um, especially local music and a new original music by local artists Correct, and yeah. um, so we're going back to that on Fridays starting today which and that's so appropriate because it's a holiday weekend and and mm-hmm. coming up in in just a few minutes about 10 or 15 minutes from now I'm going to go to uh, a conversation with an author named Mark Schulman and he writes okay. for young audiences, uh, primarily elementary school. And he has a series, a book series. This, and this is so cool, and it's so appropriate for Fourth of July. It, it, the series is called "Show Me History." Oh, okay. And what it is, it's in like comic book format or sequential art format. They're hardcover books, um, and and they're um, what would they call it? Uh, Historical nonfiction. Um, oh, okay. But what so you, is it like an illustrated kind? Oh, it's it's totally illustrated. I mean, it's it. They're comic books that, okay. that tell history, and he has a couple okay. of new ones out. He has um, one on Walt Disney and uh, one on Susan B. Anthony. But some of his oh. uh, some of the past books have included. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, Benjamin Franklin, Amelia Earhart, Alexander Hamilton, uh, MLK Jr. Um, oh, that's cool. And, and and it's really a cool thing <clears throat> for, uh, you know, a way to maybe uh, make history a little bit more fun 
for young readers to, to encourage them to read, but also to garner an appreciation for history. And it seems so appropriate to be talking with Mark on Independence Day Eve. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, tomorrow being the uh, the Fourth of July, and um, and then with no particular Fourth uh, of July relevance in the second hour, we're going to be talking about sex. Uh oh. I suppose I, I suppose there's a, a freedom <laughs> a, a freedom card to be played there, but um, <laughs> no, a, a, a registered sex therapist and uh, family counselor, uh, Dr. Diana okay. Wiley, has. Uh, I, I, I'm going to use the phrase hurriedly put together, and I don't mean to make that sound like it's slipshod, but. Um, she she scrambled to get a book out um, specifically for this particular moment in time. It's called Love in the Time of Corona, and and it oh, talks well. It talks about how you know couples that are quarantined together, you know, can actually benefit. Well, they can turn things around instead of just kind of being stuck. And, you know, uh -huh. while we're stuck at home and, you know, everybody just kind of turns to the video screen of their choice. Um, she's suggesting ways to, to make life and lovemaking more interesting during lockdown. lockdown. Like she, she says, why Without not? Without a face mask? What's that? Without a face mask? Well, you know, the... <laughs> You'll, you'll have to hear what she has to say because <gasps> okay. it's an interview I did last week um, and because of uh, candidate interviews and, and other things, this is the first chance I've had to, uh, to air this interview. Um, it, it's a pretty interesting conversation and uh, it'll <laughs> it'll racy at times. Uh-oh. Just, just saying. Okay. As long as it's within FCC guidelines. Yeah. Okay, good. Although, okay. although I'm, I'm, I'm sure there'll be there'll be a couple of times double entendres. No, it's <laughs> not, not even that. I mean, it's. I'm not going to say there are language alerts because uh, anything that comes up that that might make people bristle a little bit, purely clinical. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> But yeah, she, it's but she's be a lot of fun. Even during good. And, well, and that's what she she does is she recommends ways that, you know, even during lockdown you can actually have a date. And she talks about, you know, she has some suggestions on how to do that, and you know, so that it doesn't seem like, you know, um, forced. A chore. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That's that's a better way to put it. You know, it, it, like. Well, we've we've got time together. We should probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> got five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Commercial break. But it, but it's an interesting conversation <laughs> and um, and and an interesting uh, look at uh, the times we live in right now and and maybe how to how to cope a little bit. Cool. Um, yeah, it's uh, advice from a sex therapist for couples in quarantine. Couples in quarantine sounds like a 
a new movie title. I know, right? <laughs> Love in the Time of Corona. <laughs> Love in the Time of Corona is the name of the book, and uh, the author is Dr. Diana Wiley, and she'll be joining me by phone during the uh, second hour of our three-hour tour, and then, of course, uh, we'll, cool. we'll kick off the uh, holiday weekend. And and I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Kevin B. Klein, who is our musical guest today, uh, we're going to hear some of his music and uh, and talk with him a little bit, but I think he has some performances coming up that I'm sure he's going to want to share with you, and and it's uh, it's great that um, uh, I th- I think we're going to start hearing more and more opening about, back up yeah musicians oh. getting back out now we've you know had to pull back the reins a little bit on uh, on yeah. bars because of what happened over in East Lansing and uh, just in general Darn kids. this is why we can't have nice things (laughs) there you go (laughs) oh yes also want to say i was on the phone with one of our uh, city council people uh, early this morning in um at least uh, one of the flint city council people and um it sounds like uh, ballots are going to be mailed out for the August 4th primary later this week. Now, because I have some time off scheduled starting uh, July 16th, I'm replaying mm-hmm. from July 16th through around the 28th um, most of the interviews that I've done with uh, candidates over the last few weeks. So when you get right. your ballots, if you want to hang on to them a little bit and uh, get a chance to listen to some of those, we have uh, all of the candidates. Uh, well, we have the two Republicans that are that are running in the primary to take on uh, Dan Kildee for Congress. We have uh, all three of the candidates for Genesee County Sheriff. Um, that's uh, the 16th and 17th, respectively. Then uh, jumping over to Monday, the 20th the 34th district state house five candidates all in one show wow and and what Good. i've done is made it so there's a different race each day of that week so we'll we'll look at the 48th district state house seat the 50th district state house seat uh there's some judge races uh, uh primaries in both the um uh Genesee County Prosecutor's Office and the County Clerk's Office. Anyway, we're going to hear all of those uh, during that last uh, two weeks of July leading up to the August 4th primary. But make sure you get your ballot back by August 4th. So you have to mail it by by August 2nd probably to to make sure that that happens. In any event, we're about to go to break. but um, Wow, that went by fast. I know. That was good for us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to have uh, a, this is going to be a great, uh, great show to kick off the holiday weekend. Are you Are you going to go anywhere? No, just a, staying at home. Got so much stuff to do here. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a little fire out in the yard and watch the neighbors in the trailer park uh, try and burn down the park. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna so take, wrong. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be back with author Mark Schulman and uh, Andrea will be back with us Monday. Hello out there, everybody. Sounds it's me, Tigger. T-I-Double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. Lady of the house, please. <laughs> you thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, here Elvis from Graceland in the Sky. Soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes. The King Inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residence, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is... um, Actually, you might recognize his name, Mark Shulman. No, not the rugby players or rock drummers or military historians, but the one who has written more than 150 well-loved books for kids of all ages. He has a new series um, about one of my favorite things, and that's history, called Show Me History. And, and there are two, uh, two books I'm looking at right now, and, and they're, they're uh, picture books uh, or graphic novels, they call them. Uh, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really long comic book. But the artwork is uh, just phenomenal. And the irony is not wasted on me that there is a uh, comic book about Walt Disney in the Show Me History series. But joining me by phone is the uh, author, Mark Shulman. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Um, i I, I got to ask you... Was it a little bit tongue-in-cheek to pick Walt Disney for a graphic novel? Partly, yeah. I mean, he's a fascinating <laughs> guy for a lot of reasons. But, yeah, you know, the folks, making him stand still was not easy. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Because for a lot of people, he's sort of the, the, far, the father of animation, but, but you portray him as um, a, a founding father of innovation for a lot of reasons. I mean, he was someone who um, wanted to be an illustrator, but he wasn't that good. And he wanted to be a businessman, and he wasn't that good. And he wanted to get, um, uh, he did get an illustration job at a uh, place essentially making commercials that ran before movies, sound movies in about 1920. And he learned filmmaking, just enough to move images around. And that's when it took off. He started immediately seeing what was possible. And so he was um, innovation with um, putting a, a live human in with uh, animation. The first person to do this in like 1925, a little girl, real live action girl sitting on a cartoon elephant, the Alice movies, you can see them online. Um, he was the first one to bring sound in with Steamboat Willie. He was the first one to bring color in, and he would cut these exclusive deals and then invented cameras that made it possible to look more and more realistic. Then he innovated the concept of the theme park just to bring all of his world together. And he was the first person to develop the idea of uh, uh, the Olympics, the opening ceremonies and all, as a, as a pageant. His vision was enormous, and he wanted Epcot to be an entire city filled with scientists and people living full-time in there. Um, the notion of him as just a, a cartoon animator is really so limited compared to who he turned out to be. Well, yeah, even, um, and, and one of the things I thought you were, were going to mention um, was animatronics. I forgot. Yeah, well, I mean, his Imagineers came up with more and more things than could possibly fit uh, in this conversation. But oh, yes, absolutely. He, what he, he, similar to someone like Steve Jobs, or um, uh, uh, the um, uh, other like companies that have a lot of um, innovation, someone at the top just says, make something like this happen, and other people figure out how. And, and and what's funny is, you know, when you characterize Walt Disney as not being a very good businessman, it's kind of 
kind of funny because a lot of businesses now go to Disney companies to study customer service and um, standards of excellence and so on. But who else could turn Swampland into Disney World? Well, actually, his brother Roy. The yeah. entirety of yeah, Disney's fair success point. wouldn't have been possible without Roy Disney, the invisible Disney, who every turn either pulled Walt out of uh, one mess or kept him out of another. The one thing where they disagreed was Disneyland. And, and, and Roy said, I am not buying a million dollars worth of orange groves in some place called Anaheim. And um, Walt went and bought them anyway with his own money. And, uh, well, I think it worked out. Yeah, and the rest is history, as they say. Um, <laughs> what uh, what got you started writing for young readers in particular? Okay, I began as an advertising creative person. I was the guy who made up stuff that went in ads and worked with the writers and artists behind me. But that stopped being interesting. And when I um, wanted to transition, I was just starting a family, and it was inevitable that the children's books I was reading weren't that good. I didn't really, I thought I could do better, but I didn't know that I could do better. I just started doing it, and I began to take the techniques of a guy who knows how to get ideas sold through advertising and brought them into the publishing world. And it just turned out I knew how to write. I took that I further... And I've put out maybe 160 or 70 books now, all of which are quite different because they're just places I wanted to go, things I, I'm interested in. And so it's a, from baby, baby board books all the way to, you know, novels. I wrote a James Patterson book. So there's so many different um, things. But these Show Me History books have pulled me into a place where I'm using a lot of my interests at once um, because – history i'm a tour guide in new york and have shown people around quite a bit um and i and also the storytelling capacity of it and the visual part of it because both in advertising and before that as a, as a film student um these things kind of coalesced into one project area and that's that's these books so i've been really lucky to find a publisher who wants to support that who, who supports getting good illustrators and paying extra for the better printing and paying extra for the um kind of quality that these books represent and and they really do and and i i want to give you a chance to talk about the uh the illustrations in and the two that i'm looking at are just stunning and and the i want to mention the other one um i don't want to get too carried away with disney although it's kind of a favorite of mine but there's also one on susan b anthony um, both of these books were, were a real joy to write and extremely different in the way that they were put together. Um, but the idea of putting uh, somebody's story into a, um, a, a comic book, and it's not a wrong term, funny enough, because they're funny in their books, but they're, um, the, the name got co-opted by superheroes. And so, uh, and graphic novel doesn't really work because they're not novels. And uh, Well, and also graphic has, has a... a a tone yeah. to it that makes you think that this it's the last thing you would want for kids. Everybody's took one of the words that we needed already. <laughs> so it is challenging. Um, if you really want the technical term that the cartoonists use, it's sequential art, but who's going to buy one of those? Um, yeah. But the idea of the story being told in chosen sequences is the, 
is the key of uh, what we're doing here, which is essentially pinpointing moments in their lives that you have to have a story told. So whether I'm doing my George Washington or Ben Franklin on one side or somebody you know less about, like Susan B. Anthony, you have to find what those points are and then in between weave, like a spider's web, the thing you want to have in the story as well as the things that must be in the story. And that's the art of this. And it's enjoyable because I like kids. I'm I'm in schools all the time as a presenter, um, visiting author, coming in and talking to them about writing and about uh, the creative process. And I say you have the things you have to do followed by the things you want to do. And that's where it shines. And so with the Susan B. Anthony book, I didn't have, you know, a biography of Walt Disney and all the movies and the theme park and all that borrowed interest that we bring to an idea like Disney. We have somebody who essentially wanted women to vote and worked her whole life to make that possible. So for her story, I had to find what motivated her. Why was she doing this? And it turns out she was an interesting person, a Quaker who had, uh, the, uh, that, which is a religion that really believes in, in service and in, in helping your fellow man. She also um, started as a temperance um, What's the word? I want to say agitator, but we know that word has other meanings. Uh, a temperance uh, activist. Uh, she wanted uh, people to stop drinking, and um, she had a um, a real fervor about her. She didn't just do it; she did nothing halfway. And then when that stopped, on to abolition. Abolition was a strong cause for a long time. And after this is interesting. After the um, uh, after the Emancipation Proclamation, the war ended. Um, when the uh, 14th Amendment came out, which granted the right to vote to free men, it left women out. And suddenly, all of her work and all of the work of the suffragettes who had supported this effort were split. And we ended up with two with a fork in the, uh, in the progressive movement at the time. And they ended up at odds with each other. So by the time, uh, I think as her friend Elizabeth Cady Stanton said, if they put the word men in there, it'll take us a hundred years to get it out again. And so here's somebody who wasn't that much fun, per se. She's a little bit of a scold and somebody who had a lot of um, strong opinions, but that did not make her a hard person to write for. You could find the humor in her. You could find the life in her. She was a a vulnerable person, a very sweet person uh, to her friends. And, um, she didn't have a home for 50 years. She was only on the road and living in people's houses, being a very good um, uh, progressive uh, movement. Uh, I still don't have that word, but don't have the, uh, uh, a place to call home. Is, is activist so the word you're looking for? Activist, thank you very much. You know, sometimes words just go away. It happens to me uh, all the time. But I do have a, um, uh, a way of showing how she lived, how much she donated her life, She's got a trunk, a giant gray trunk that's actually up in her house in Rochester, New York, uh, where the, uh, all her memorabilia are. And I just have her dragging it through the book, just bump, 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 pulling it behind <laughs> her, making clearly she's going from place to place to place, just living there. And at the end of the book, when she moves into the house, which is her sister's, she opens the trunk and unpacks it. It's the only time it's ever open. How do you... So that's how do you... the way I hope to tell stories that you can get both on the paper and also just in the background. How do you turn a biography into a story for kids that keeps them engaged and and uh, and and away from sort of a resume? If you're 
if you want to engage kids, you will. That I've known from a million I've met in schools and my own. And you just have to want to. And that's the opening that they will come to you. Now you have a connection with, with your readers or with live with kids. And you actually um, just, you then you have an instinct for what they want and how to pace it, you know. Um, if you think about information, it could be really, you could be zoomed really far back and see it in very simple shapes like our solar system. Or zoom very tightly in and see incredibly complex systems. Um, and it all depends on how mature and uh, interested your, your reader is. So I just, you just have to set the camera somewhere. So with these books, they're not super plain, you know, round globes, but they're not super detailed. So somewhere in the continents of her life, I'm, I'm telling the story and making sure that I don't get too far in because you'll lose your reader. And if you're too childish, you'll lose the adults. And so you, you want to be in a place for both of them. The fun thing with these books is the illustrations are great, and they're so funny, and our artists are so good at it that um, you can just thumb through, and you, it never slows down. They're bright, and they're and the and the characters are really engaging. Yeah, it's they're not trying to be photographic, but they're not caricatures either. No, yeah, somewhere in the middle, somewhere in in the in the range of um, of good tattoo art. You know, people who who. You can see their faces. They're very expressive. You know what they're thinking. That's my main goal when I work with the artists. Uh, and I'm lucky that I get to because many writers don't, but I kind of manage it, the whole um, process, which is I need to know what everybody's thinking. So you point to any one character in the, in the illustrations at any point. I want to know what they're thinking. They like something. They don't like something. They're mad. They're happy. They're sleeping. Did you start and this? if you can do that and do it well, you'll never lose the did you start this series with uh, with the idea in mind that you would you would tell these stories through sequential art? Yes, um, we and were asked, uh, I, I, Yes, we were asked to by the publisher Portable Press. The great, and they really made uh, uh, this uh, a commitment. Uh, said that they were going to make them well printed, uh, good size, full color, uh, hire good illustrators, and give us a chance to really um, do something. So. I knew it would be a project that would be sequential. It would be a comic. Uh, but in fact, they, um, uh, but I wouldn't have wanted to do it in the ways I've seen it done. There, I'll tell you, there's some, sometimes when the art isn't up to speed, it's very hard to, it is as well written as something might be, it, it holds you back. And I didn't want that. So we've been very lucky. Well, and, and I, have to, I have to comment on how colorful these books are. I mean, right from the cover through every page of the book, um, the the illustrations just leap at you. That's the point of it is that um, if you you it kind of keeps you going. It's a, it's like a little bit of a, of sugar all the way through to to make sure that you're in it. And we use other things too. We use signs, so you don't know everything isn't somebody has to say it. Um, we use sometimes we just come right out of. Uh, of the into the modern era in my Hamilton book, uh, Burr and Hamilton are having their face off that leads to the duel. I don't want to tell anyone how it ends, but um, <laughs> I do the whole face off in as a text exchange between the two of them. So you just read it. It looks like a it looks like a cell phone, and right in the middle is just the, the communication, two three words back and forth, and um, you, at the end of it, you know the duel is on. 
and so wanting to be interesting is always the 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 key to to getting there you know if you if you're just going to try to just put something out fast uh it, it loses the light of energy and joy that uh an artist should be putting into their work now it's obviously a blend of of entertainment and information but um what is the goal for the information part of it how much of this is about mark shulman wanting kids to fall in love with history a lot of it, because I've been writing, you know, for kids, I've been writing humor, I've been writing nonfiction for, you know, a lot of publishers, National Geographic, Time for Kids, Discovery, and so on, and, and, and as well as the picture books. And so I always wanted to be. So, for instance, um, because I just opened a book, uh, Susan B. Anthony here, she's doing a temperance, uh, um, handing out leaflets, and I have a sign next to her, which just says, here's the news, liquor's a ruse, drink and you lose, walk in our shoes, pay your dues, and say goodbye to booze. <laughs> That's me. That's just the stuff I ramble off to my kids when I were walking, and um, they'll they recognize. You know, it doesn't. It's not hard to do. You just have to want to. So once something like that shows up, I go, yeah, that's definitely going into the book, or um, or the text exchange, or you know, she um, at some point in the Walt Disney book, he is. Um, um, he just won uh, the Academy Award for Snow White, and so I had to write a headline, which is "Snow White Dwarfs All Other Cartoons." And <laughs> in and in all of the um, ways, or when it was Disneyland, it was first Mickey Mouse Park. So every page begins with a sign as the as it keeps changing names. It was D- Mickey Mouse Park, then Disneylandia, then originally Disneyland, then you get the TV logo, and then you get the signage, and all of that is sort of the anchor for each page. And that's me, because I just want to pull you through with something that'll um, make you stop and think for a second. And with Disney, the um, movie posters was the biggest challenge. You know, there's all this intellectual property I can't use. So the ears can't be round. We Publisher and I went back and forth. We ended up with triangle ears on the Mickey oh, Mouse people. Funny. and uh, And the movie posters... Uh, and Walt's like, well, too bad you people can't use my art. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so I have, um, like, uh, Robin Hood. So I have a picture of a Robin wearing a hood. I have uh, <laughs> uh, Peter Pan, a pan with name. My name is Peter. And my favorite, which is a magnifying glass, a lady in the tramp, a woman bouncing on a trampoline, and a lice in Wonderland. It's a little magnifying glass. Oh, that's and funny. we just jumped past all the, all the regulation issues. And we're able to put the book out, so we didn't want any uh, any problems. How do you determine who the subjects of the different Show Me History books are going to be, and um, how many of these have you done so far? And and who are some of the? Well, I'm looking. You mentioned uh, Hamilton, and um, I think you mentioned George Washington, but I'm looking at a yeah. list that says uh, Lincoln and Franklin and Amelia Earhart, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, but how do you decide, you know, how, how did Disney make the cut? Uh, well, beginning was um, with some pretty um, traditional people. Um, Hamilton and uh, Lincoln, uh, Franklin. Uh, the Washington book is almost finished. It's just about done. And um, and then Martin Luther King, Amelia Earhart, Harry Tubman. These are people who have, you know, really are iconic in their way for something. And... Um, you, you know, you want, and, and hopefully 
stories that you can find something more in because you can find a lot of books on any of these people. There's no secret that they all are well covered. The question is, can you find something? So within those, you know, the ones that feel right, there's an old saying, and we had in advertising, is that it, uh, um, it's not a good idea unless it makes your palms sweaty, you know, unless it like, makes you nervous that you are on something close. Um, it's like that. If you look at a hundred possible people in history, and some of them will just jump out, and they will just make themselves known. And we do want to be fair and give different voices a chance to be heard. So, you know, we have Sacagawea, uh, we have Muhammad Ali, we have uh, Frida Kahlo, uh, because it's important to make sure that we're well distributed. And with Susan B. Anthony, it was an easy one. She and I are from the same hometown. Ah. The, um, getting back to the, um, um, the, the series here, about what ages is this uh, series recommended for? Well, we put it down as 8 to 12. That is the, the sweet spot of elementary school. Um, but the, um, the reality is that I'm writing also for any adult because inside the storyline is enough information that you probably did not know about somebody. You know, we really want the books to be, so you walk away with a bit of, uh, I didn't know that, you know, if I can get you to learn 50 things about a character in a hundred pages that you did not know, I've done my job spectacularly. And, you know, and, and there's a lot that you don't know that we, none of us do. We think we have a characterization of a person, but it's a very rough topographical map. And with someone like Susan B. Anthony, she, we know her for one thing. And yet that's not even remotely close to who and what she stood for. She and, had so much more depth to her. And, and I, would, I, would, I would bet that if you polled people, that more people know Susan B. Anthony from being on a coin. Interesting. Than for suffrage. That's quite possible. No, I, 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 just I, because, you know, how soon we forget. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. one of the arguments. Help you remember. That's that's one of the arguments for uh, for a project like this is an opportunity to bring some of these people back to life and enlist uh, more than the one thing they might be remembered for. Right, and I really like bringing them to life as people. You know, they have flaws and they have uh, problems and fears. My goodness, you know, and failures and. Um, there's something that shouldn't be forgotten. And uh, something they have warts. You know, Walt Disney was not a really nice guy at times, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't just bury that because I wanted to make a happy book. So you get all of it. And when you do, you start to see that, you know, well, for one thing, that these people really did have vision and drive. They just didn't stop. That's something we're not all born with. Uh, but then the ones who do, who really accomplish something, you think at the beginning, they're not Susan B. Anthony, just every, always being an activist, thank you, and always going after the, um, uh, the being the voice of people who did not have a voice. And she was routinely ridiculed and, and ignored in her day, and now look. So to that end, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to do my part to help make those stories come real. 
More with Mark Schulman, the author of the Show Me History series. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling author photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology.
place where you never get harmed. A magical place with magical charms. Indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Mark Schulman, the author of the Show Me History series, straight ahead. How do you research and, and call the information that makes it into the uh, to the final book? Uh, we ha- you got to start light, because somewhere, I was saying the continents of a person. What are the continents of, you know, Walt Disney? And that is, you know, he started as wanted to be an illustrator. He started in, in failing cartoons. He got Mickey Mouse working. He ended up with a Snow White, and then he ended up over in Disneyland and TV show. That's those of them. In between those, so I have to have that. Uh, but I, but then I have room in between to weave what I would like to see in there to bring in my details and my facts that I find interesting. Uh, and because I can only say so much anyway, I may as well put the spotlight where it would be memorable and useful. And that's just, you know, the tour guide in me. I've been doing that for a while. Um, <laughs> with someone like George Washington or, or Ben Franklin, ugh, those books are harder because you're really name-checking 75 things in American history. And there isn't a lot of room sometimes because what if you leave it out? You can't leave it out. So you, you, there's so many more required points to hit that it is more challenging to be uh, funny, for instance. And, um, and you, you find it where you can. But uh, with uh, um, all of these books, if it isn't funny, if I don't read it and laugh still at myself, because I am my best audience, um, <laughs> if I don't laugh and find it funny, I, the reader isn't going to find it funny. Uh, I just know that from history. And so I really want to be sure that um, it's an entertaining process from the beginning to the end. And at the end, you don't put it down. Uh, with anything less than, you know, happiness, that you picked up something that you read, you liked, and you learned something. And if I make people happy, then maybe I've done my job. I, I, I think you're one of a very small group of people I know who can tell themselves a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I laugh hardest at my, because I've never heard them before. They're just as new to me as they are to everybody else. I think it's funny. Um, but yes, I, yeah, if you're, if you're lucky, because you, you, you're the reader, you have to judge whether I'm deluding myself or not. Mark, um, when you're talking with, uh, with kids who, and you're out promoting these books and, and talking about history with young people, um, but, but mostly when you're talking about creativity, can creativity be taught? I'm fascinated by that. Absolutely. In, in every way, creativity can be taught. What you have to do is know how to get started, which is to limit that. You know, if you, if you take a kid and you give them uh, two wooden blocks, okay, this is a building and this one is a vehicle. What is it? And they'll just name something. And the next thing you know, they're moving the one block around the other block, and they're seeing something in their head. And you can do that in different ways. You can do that with writing, and you can do that with art, and, and on and on, and problem solving. So, yes, it can be taught. Everybody's, it's just 
certain people have stronger muscle groups for creativity at the onset or just luckier or have been exposed to it more. But um, other people just have to see how it's done. Once they know how it's, once you've seen somebody bake a recipe, you can bake it. You just have, it's daunting until it makes sense. And creativity is no different than any, any other process. You know, I'm endlessly fascinated by people who tinker with cars because they just, they have some innate understanding that is unavailable to me. And, and I want it. And I look at it and it gets closer, <laughs> but I never get near them. What I do is people want to be able to write books. And, I, and I'm always, always working with people to try to help them get closer to that. And it isn't hard. You just have to do it. And that's the hardest part, sitting down and actually doing it. But if you do, the next steps are a little bit easier on and on. This is such a fun conversation, and I want to squeeze a couple of more things in real quick, Mark. I, I know we're getting close to the end of our time, but um, I, I, I did want to ask, how often do these come out? I'm looking at two. Did they come out at the same time, or how long does it take to churn these out? Uh, well, I'd say the whole process takes about seven or eight months. Uh, a manuscript is probably two months uh, on and off, and... Once it's been approved, the illustrator can start. Uh, pencils, which is the first stage, I would say is about eight weeks of just drawing the very light version of that, and then uh, six weeks of inks, and then another four or five weeks of colors. And in, in between all those, there are processes of approval and seeing things not working and so on. Um, so, yeah, seven or so eight months, I'd say, is, is reasonable. But then they're staggered because we're doing different books at different times with different illustrators. So I will be, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing the art on a book right now, uh, final art on one, early art on another, manuscript on a third, all at the same time. Um, we, we are out of time, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and, and this series and other work that you've done and uh, are doing. Do you have a website, Mark? Yes, I do. I am at markshulman.info, uh, which is Shulman with no C. And um, if you, the spelling evades you, if you go to showmehistory.com, all of the books we've been talking about are located on that website, including uh, other materials, uh, support things, things for schools and video, um, showmehistory.com. And um, as far as the, the rest, those, then through that is where people who tend to have school visits back in the future when schools are open again, um, have uh, um, uh, reached me through either of those sites. Uh, and as far as the um, other books, I've done a lot of these, uh, and I have been lucky to do that, everything from uh, books for board books to a picture book that just came out about voting, uh, uh, the importance of voting called I Voted. So I've been lucky to get a, a number of books in the world all at the same time. And, um, and I really appreciate the chance to talk about Show Me History with you. This has been a really enjoyable conversation, Tom. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm having so much fun that I feel I, I've been lucky to get a chance to meet you and, and talk about this and to see these books. They, they are phenomenal. Um, thanks so much, Mark, and uh, best of luck with the series and everything else you do. Thank you very much. And if you're picking up the show in Madison, my son Theo is there. Hey, Theo. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. 
That was uh, Mark Schulman, the author of the Show Me History series, currently uh, books out uh, on Walt Disney and Susan B. Anthony. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. state has something its Rotary Club can boast of. Some product that the state produces the most of. Rhode Island is little but oh my, it has a product anyone would buy Copper comes from Arizona Peaches come from Georgia And lobsters come from Maine The wheat fields are the sweet fields of Nebraska And Kansas gets bonanzas from the grain Old whiskey comes from old Kentucky Ain't the country lucky New Jersey gives us glue And you, you come from Rhode Island And little old Rhode Island is famous Gophers from Montana And spuds from Idaho They plow land in the cowland of Missouri Where most beef meant for roast beef Seems to grow Grand Canyons come from Colorado Gold comes from Nevada Divorces also do And you From West Virginia And tents from Tennessee They know mink Where they grow mink In Wyoming A camp chair In New Hampshire That's for me And minnows Come from Minnesota Coats come from Dakota but why should you be blue? For you, you come from Rhode Island And little old Rhode Island is famous for you You, you come from Rhode Island Don't let them ride Rhode Island, it's famous 
two pilots get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. It's 